inspiration. Turn up the motivation. You're on the Ziggler Inspire Podcast. Zig Ziggler wants you to be your best. Welcome to Zig Ziglar's Inspire Podcast. This is your host, Blake Lindsay. I certainly hope you're having a better than good day, as Zig likes to say. Today, we are going to hear a truly inspiring story about perseverance and creativity. Dave Longaberger founded his company in 1973, and it's still going strong. His daughter, Tommy, now runs the company and continues to use the same principles she learned from Dave. Let's turn it up a notch and learn from Zig. Step number one, in order to set your goals, you need to take a sheet of paper. In the performance planner, we have one identified as the wild idea sheet. Now, what you want to do is you want to print everything you want to be or do or have. Now, a lot of people say, well, now, Ziegler, that'll take me three days. I can absolutely assure you that fully 90% of everything you want to be or do or have that's in your mind at this point will be on paper within an hour. Print everything. Now, why do we say print it? Printing requires more concentration. That burns it more deeply into the subconscious mind. Now, let me tell you what is by far the greatest benefit which comes from following a goals program. You program your left brain that releases your creative right brain. Your creativity, if you follow these steps, I can absolutely assure you, will catapult many, many steps forward. In the September-October 1992 issue of Psychology Today, there was a fascinating article in there about why Chinese math students do so much better than American math students, and they gave as the prime reason the Chinese students learn their multiplication table until it almost becomes nauseating. Over and over and over and over, they drill them, drill them, drill them, and drill them. That left brain is completely programmed. You wake one of them up at 2.30 in the morning and say, what is 23 times 31? And bang, they can give you the answer. Now what that does is simply programs it so carefully that when they get into the abstract, which requires that creativity, they're infinitely more effective. Now you think about this. How many times have you ever heard a coach talking about one of his players? The media is asking him a question and he said, well, you just can't coach that. Now, let me give you a couple of examples. Michael Jordan, I believe, is one of the greatest athletes to ever live. But Jordan has such tremendous athletic skills and so much creativity. Let me tell you why he's so creative. He has spent thousands of hours learning all of the fundamentals, the dribble, the pass, the over the shoulder, the anticipation. And when he gets in a situation he's never been confronted with before, and there's never been a game where every player is not confronted with something he's never been confronted before, then what he has done is so fundamentally sound left brain that he is free to be creative right brain. Now, fortunately, he has the athletic skill to follow through on that creativity. One of the mistakes that industry is learning right now, and hopefully we'll be able to teach it to more people, is simply this. You can get promoted too fast. You can move up too quickly. 
You can move up before you have got all of the details so fundamentally sound in your left brain that your creativity is never really freed to come up with innovative new ideas in doing the job you're doing. One of the reasons the rage today and has been now for several years is for top management to go to the bottom rung to ask questions about ways to improve is because that individual has been doing that routine job thousands of times and in the process they've come up with some creative ideas. But because of their personality and positions and because of the closed door policy that a lot of businesses have, they literally do not want to go to the upper levels and say, got an idea. Now what this does, when you print it, then you're really disciplining your left brain, you're learning it thoroughly, that frees the right brain. Now the second thing in setting those goals you wait from 24 to 48 hours, and personally I'm convinced that 48 hours is better. In the 48-hour period, keep the list with you, because you will add uh, all six or eight, 10 or 12 other things to that goal list, all right? Now, then at the end of the 48 hours, what you want to do is after each thing you've printed, ask yourself the question, why do I want to be or do or have? And if you can't answer in one sentence why you want to be or do or have, then, ladies and gentlemen, at this time, that really is not a viable goal for you to work on at this moment. Let me tell you why I told the cafeteria story. I told the cafeteria story, and I made the point you can't eat everything on the cafeteria line. In life, you can't have everything uh, that is out there. In America, there are over 50,000 ways to earn a living. You'd starve to death if you tried to do 50,000 things to earn a living. You gotta get focused. Our main objective now is to shorten that list. You can't be, do, and have everything. For example, you can't spend quantity time with the family be the president of the service club and the PTA, be rude and nasty and have friends, be a spendthrift and accumulate weight, eat Brahms French chocolate almond ice cream three times a day and be physically fit. Uh, I don't eat ice cream uh, simply because my body retains ice cream, all right? You can't work all day and party all night. You can't golf or fish five days a week, uh, spend three hours of TV daily, and get your master's degree. You can't write a daily column and play on the company softball team. You can't attend all plays, games, and church socials. In other words, you can't do all of these things. Let me tell you about a little game uh, I play. About every three years I do this. And the purpose of doing this is so that we can learn to say no to the good so we can say yes to the best. That's part of maturity. That's part of responsibility. That's part of making decisions and choices, the right choices. Uh, last time I did this, I started listing all the things I would like to do that year. Here are some of them. I wanted to conduct more family seminars. I wanted to start a daily radio program. I wanted to write a daily newspaper column. 
I want to campaign to get a lot of the advertising of booze and violence and sex off television. I want to work in the political campaigns to get qualified people in public office. I want to spend more time with my staff, write at least one book a year, learn how to speak Spanish, become more socially involved with my neighbors, read and research a minimum of three and preferably four hours each day, spend an hour getting in physical condition, be more active in the civic and social clubs, and I want to be able to set a record for those people my age on the treadmill over the Cooper Clinic. I want to go to Russia and China, and uh, I, I want to do a number of other things. Also, I want to play golf five days a week. Now, when I put all of those things together and I guesstimated the amount of time it would take to do it, it came up to 368 hours a week. Now, folks, there are only 168 hours in the week. Now, what have I got to do? I have got to start eliminating the things that are not really important in my life. But until I put it down, I might have been guilty saying, I want to do this and I want to do this and that and the other. And that's the reason so many people go through life frustrated. One of the things that concerns me about much of our advertising is the promise they give you in 60 seconds of that if you will use this deodorant, or use this shaving cream, uh, or if you will use this perfume, uh, that you will be irresistible to members of the opposite sex. That if you will do this, you will go right to the top. Well, you see, ladies and gentlemen, that is an illusion. But if you treat it often enough, it becomes believable. But let me simply say that unrealistic expectations are the very seedbed of depression. Now, what we're trying to do here is get a program so we'll know what we really want to do in life and plan it so that we have a legitimate chance of making it. What can we learn from Dave? What opportunities are before you that you can take advantage of? What obstacles are you facing that with a little more perseverance you can overcome? How can you inspire others in your workplace to be the best? Lots to think about. Until next week, this is Blake Lindsay encouraging you to live your life to the fullest. Sigler. 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 Inspiring true performance.